Thank you. Thanks, brother. I thought it was called asthma. <laughs> asthma. You know I how like some asthma? people clap? This is like, it was like this a new thing. trendy word for like asthma. For an hour and a half. Welcome to Pizza Talk, episode one. Just this is dope. what, let's see, is there a difference between me chewing on a piece of pizza and me chewing on a garlic knot? Ooh. This is a garlic knot. Can you hear the difference? Can you hear the difference? Okay. Now this is pizza. Oh, you heard that. Can you hear the tang? It's a sauce. The tanginess? Oh, the tang, yeah. It's really good. I mean, you're eating it too, you know. Okay. Welcome to Real Talk. That's right. Real uh, sponsored by Nike. So. And saucy, saucy pizza. Yes, two saucy broads. Yep. <laughs> two sus broads. Yeah, very sus. Yeah, very sus. Sponsored by Among Us. Yep. Like and subscribe for more references to games you know. Mm. To more games that uh, were popular oh so briefly. Um, okay, so this is uh, what we want to do is at least take a little bit of time um, to do something intentional because we do like uh, fellowship and playing games and we love having a context to um, just spend some more relaxed time. But we also want to be intentional in terms of using uh, some of our time to talk about things that matter uh, because we are a church and we care about Christ. Um, and we want you to care about Christ, and we want you to know the gospel. So one of the ways we wanted to do that is Mr. Will Lau, who you guys know and love, uh, Rabbi Lau, as he's known on the streets, the great one. Wow. All yeah. these new nicknames. I yeah. So that's what people were. So, hey, great one. I was like, oh. Yeah, me, that's you. That's, that's me. Yeah, in Canada, it's Wayne Gretzky, but here it's you. <laughs> Raise your hand if you know who Wayne Gretzky is. Yes, that's more than oh, I thought. Oh, that's Four's like what? pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> There's only four people, but that's pretty good. I was going to say. Um, so what we're going to do is um, uh, I'm going to ask Will um, some questions regarding his testimony, and uh, and we're just going to kind of hear from him about how uh, the Lord uh, brought him to salvation and, and in the context of his life in particular, and yeah, just some of that good stuff. So Will, probably the easiest way to start is just to uh, give us kind of some initial background. So, yeah. you know, who you are, what your name is. Yep. If if you we we've already said your name I'm sure but just for the tape, uh the where you're where you're from what your par- your parents siblings, um you know some early education stuff mm. whatever you think is relevant makes sense makes sense so my name is Will Lau I am an adult I'm 35 I have I've been married going to be this year going to be 10 years praise Woo! the Lord Woo! praise the uh-huh. Lord and May five two six. Five two six twelve. Feel free to make that as a password so you can remember it. Anyway, um, ten years. I have two kids. Uh, my oldest boy, Theodore, he's going to be seven in November, and then Lily Ann or Lily, who's my youngest, is going to be four next month in April. And so, super excited about that. It's crazy how time flies. Seven and four, or six and four, basically. So it's pretty wild. Um, born and raised in Orange County, actually. So I have two older sisters, a younger brother, so four kids, uh, mom and dad. My grandma lived with us uh, when when she was with us. So it was, it was a big family. We all grew up, I grew up in Orange County. They immigrated from Hong Kong. Um, they started everything up. 
And then the age gap between my oldest sister, Christina, who lives in Hong Kong now, actually, uh, is eight years. The second oldest, Rosie, is four years. Then it's me. And then my younger brother, who's two years different. Uh, I'm two years older. And none of us grew up going to church. We're all like nominally, culturally Buddhist. And so, um, yeah, so it's, it's very interesting that I've been a Christian now for... I got baptized, not saying that that was the moment, but I got baptized my sophomore year in college, and that was 2007. Yeah. So it's been about 15 years. 15 years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So let me circle. So you said you grew up in a nominally Buddhist household. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? What What are some of the characteristics yeah. of like your home life growing up? So our Sundays was, um, our church was going to dim sum. We go to dim sum every Sunday, literally. We go from Garden Grove, drive all the way to San Gabriel Valley in Monterey Park mm-hmm. and eat food. And that's the place. Yeah, that's the place. And that's, that would be, quote, unquote, our religion. It was, we were sort of talking about this uh, the other day with Life Group. It's very pragmatic. It's very superstitious. And so there's, um, there's ancestor worship in the sense of, like, we bow or we um, burn incense and food to our grandparents, mm-hmm. thinking that they will receive it. If they receive it, they will bless us with things. And, yeah, things like that. And superstitious stuff was, like, when Chinese people believe that white, the color white, it means death. So... My sister was a college, or she was a captain of her uh, tennis group, and her tennis group toilet papered our house. And so my dad woke us all up, and it's like, before grandma wakes up, you guys need to take this all down. So we're in our pajamas, seven in the morning, doing all these things, and just getting toilet paper. Like All the neighbors like, what's happening? This is so funny. And we're like, frantically just trying to take this all down, because like if our grandma saw it, she'd probably pass out or die seeing it type of thing she's like oh this means death i guess i gotta i gotta die now type of thing so So, if if your grandma woke up and all that was there yeah how in in terms of like her spiritual recovery however you want to phrase that like how would she is there something she would have to do what what would what would she i'm not yeah i'm not quite sure like it would probably be like physically she would get a heart attack thinking that okay yeah so it's a big deal big deal really big deal so fortunately, we were able to get that all taken out, taken care of before she saw it. But those are the type of things growing up. So it's like nominally Buddhist. Like they don't go, to, we don't go to temple. We didn't do that growing up. We didn't read anything. It was just more of like my parents <laughs> were four kids, and and their mom, my dad's mom at home. They're like just trying to provide food. <laughs> and so growing up, it was like I remember. Yeah, I mean, like assisted lunch, you know, title title nine or whatever it is. And yeah, I mean. I didn't get my first pair of Vans until like sixth grade. And that was like, that was huge for me. Mm. Huge. Pay less shoes most of my life. So, mm. so yeah, so it was pragmatic in the sense of they're just like, just trying to provide. They're not thinking about spiritual things or like, oh, church is just trying to take my money. And so, mm. yeah. For sure. So what were you like in your household? So you got two, you got two older sisters and you, was it a younger brother, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what were you like in the flock? What was your personality? What what was it like with your? What was your relationship with like with them and the parents? Where did you fit in your family? I would say like very hyper, uh, very mischievous, um, just wanting to have fun, um, and yet at the same time, I think I was like a problem solver. So a lot of times people would ask like, "Okay, wow, you're Christian, and none of your family members are believers, Elliot. 
This is interactive, so who cares? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I haven't Elliot told that said, story in a while. Elliot said, "Can you say the story with the rent money?" Yes. Good. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. So, here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lead up to that. So most people are like, "Oh wow, Will, you're a Christian, and none of your family members are Christians." Like, tell me how you became a Christian, right? And so I would say, youth group like this in high school. So. Another step back. My parents own a Chinese restaurant. They've owned it for almost 40 years. It's like a small mom and pop, um, max maybe 80 people can fit into the restaurant. Food's great. Um, a little Americanized, but I grew up eating it every single. And I was the type of kid who would just eat the same thing: kung pao chicken every night. And then once that's done, teriyaki chicken every night. And uh, and then just advance from there. Nonetheless, so th they had that restaurant. I was working there. I would joke like as a kid, like. Like a newborn, I would work and help wash dishes, and then I give myself a bath and wash dishes. Like we all participated at the restaurant. Nonetheless, uh, weekends growing up was working Fridays, Saturdays, uh, and even sometimes Sundays if it got really busy, we were working. So there wasn't many opportunities because youth group was also Friday night. I used mm -hmm. to, I grew up going to uh, Chinese Baptist Church of Orange County, mm -hmm. CBCOC, and um, one of my close friends, middle school, high school, and even college. Uh, him and his family were super faithful and just praying for me, trying to bring me out to events, driving me to church, doing all these different things like that. And I was able to go to an event similar to this. They were doing, um, what's it called? On ice. Uh, not, not hockey. What was it called? Curling? Broom ball. Yes. Thank oh, you. Broom yeah. ball. <laughs> Who knows what that, that's what we call curling in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> so we were doing, so during that, they would um, have the guests meet with the pastor and the pastor would talk to them, just get to know them, just that and the other. And the, the pastor presented the gospel to me very clearly. And for me, and he presented it like you, there's a chasm between you and God. You are here and God is here. And sure, you can try to do good works to try to get yourself to God, but they'll always fall short. No matter how much money you donate, how much money you make, and then try to donate to nonprofits or charities and stuff like that, you're going to fall short. However, there is a, a path to God, and that is through the cross. It's through Jesus. And for me, I was like, dude, there's a get out of hell card? Sign me. Is it Jesus? I got I to gotta be a Christian? All right, sign me up. Do whatever it takes because I don't want to go to hell. Because growing up, I would do super mischievous things. One of the things was forging my dad's signature in kindergarten so I wouldn't get punished. Um, other thing was my grandmother or so my my dad's mom has three children my dad two sisters one of the sisters owns property nearby our house and so i guess sister's child which would be my cousin would come by and pick up rent pick up rent just check in on things and drop off rent but for this particular week or day at what happened instead of dropping it off coming into the house and giving it to my grandma he was like he dropped it off in the mailbox and he called a voice message saying hey i'm busy gotta go but the rent check is in the mailbox guess who's the first person who heard that voice message none of the, the all, great one yes the great one my parents were at work siblings were doing something didn't hear and then i saw the rent money i, I think it was like twenty four hundred dollars I think I've said so real man's more. money real man's money. Yeah, and so I was like I'm gonna take this and be all altruistic with this. I'm gonna buy my my um, 
family, all these nice gifts, my siblings, the latest toys, all these things. So I deleted that voice message, took that money, and just went to town, right? Uh, I would I would go to, I was in the bowl. So we wouldn't participate in any basketball or baseball. The only thing we could do was bowling. <laughs> so growing up was just bowling. How much bowling can you do for $2,400? Not that. Dude, at the bowling alley, there's arcade games. Oh, man. Arcade games. How much, uh, how much Frogger can you play? Oh, my goodness. I probably spent. Someone do the, do the math on 2,400 divided by quarters. I, dude, $200. I probably spent $200 on arcade games. I okay. wouldn't be surprised. Which is a lot of. Yeah, that's a lot of. What's the Kid Casinos? Kid yeah, Casinos. Smart. That's super smart. With 200 bucks at an arcade. Yeah. That's like 800 cents. games. And then the, the, <laughs> the lady, it's like, wow, you have all this money, like $20 bills getting changed for like coins and dollars and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Just give me my coins and let me play my arcade I game. I got a house. I got, someone <laughs> pays me, right? <laughs> and um, I didn't know all the drama, obviously, that would cause. It's like, where's the rent money? <laughs> and how old were you? Elementary school. Okay. So you probably didn't Fifth even know like $2,400. How much that is? Mm, mm, mm. I just oh, that was when Sm uh, SmackDown came down, came out on PS two, PS one. Oh man, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. so funny. Yeah. What's a PS? Oh, Josh Feaster knows too. <laughs> PlayStation, PlayStation one, PlayStation, PlayStation. So, 2. so you guys are at PlayStation seventeen right now. Yeah, something like that. So way back in the day, yeah, yeah, there was yeah. only two. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Exactly. Jurassic Ages. It was dinosaurs, Flintstones, <laughs> and PlayStation 2. And it was awesome. Oh, gosh. And so I, I, so I think I, I stole that money April. And so okay. I was like, okay, I'm going to prepare some money by December so I can buy all my siblings nice gifts. Yeah. By that time, by Christmas time came around, I didn't have enough money to buy them any gifts because oh, I spent it all. Oh, my goodness. I spent it all. So you didn't get caught for months. I didn't get caught for months. Wow. And then what what triggered it was I think I took my dad's credit card for some reason. It was always in his uh, drawer. And then he saw it missing, right? And then he, he confiscated everything that was in my desk. Money, credit card, whatever. He just thought my grandma just gave me money, right? So he mm. thought nothing of it. And uh, yeah, I didn't even confess this until like college when I basically became a Christian. I was like, dude, hey, dad. I know you're always mad at my cousin or like family ordeals. Like I was the one who stole the money. He's just like, I think he wanted to like beat me over the head, but we were did at you in and out. Did you spend it all? I spent it all. Oh, wow. I spent it all. Wow. Yeah. So, so this is like Elliot was talking about. It's just like, those are, I was like, dude, if Jesus is a get out of hell card, sign me up. Do whatever wow. it takes. I'm yeah. call, I, I just need to be called a Christian. Fine. Okay. Yes. I just don't want to go to hell. Because even at a young age, I was really scared about death. Watch Lion King. Mm -hmm. Saw the circle of life. I was like, dude, we're going to die? We're going to be grass. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be grass. Like we're going to be by, Exactly. And I cried my, myself to sleep for at least a week or two just after watching that. Mm. It's like, I don't want to go to planes. I don't want to go to car. I just don't want to die. And so you can imagine in light of those things, it's like, okay. If I don't go, if I don't die and go to hell, oh sweet, hmm. Jesus! But there was no. It was just intellectual. It was just, uh, it was just affirming the facts. There was hmm. no relationship with God. I wasn't praying. I wasn't going to church. I wasn't Bible studying. None of that. I mean, not say like those are the things that measures a Christian. But none. Of, I'm just saying, 
the habits weren't there. I wasn't there mm-hmm. to build a relationship with God. So w- when you were in that phase, so kind of getting into this phase of get out of jail free card, mm. what was God to you? Like what, how did you view God? Was yeah. If he was this bringer of hell, did you have an understanding of like, oh, God is just mad at me? Mm. What, how did, what was God like to you at that point? It's, it was so interesting, like in different experiences. So like my grandma lived with us and she passed away when I was a junior in high school. So it was a good amount of my life, right? Mm. And I remember like middle school, she had like some bad, like bad health problems. I was like, God, please take care of her, make her live. If you do, I'll become a Christian. So like those are the type of things I would be doing just randomly. Um, and yet at the same time, I knew like when I did something bad and I got bonked on the head or there's some consequences, like, oh, maybe God's punishing me for those type of consequences. Maybe thinking about karma type of thing. Right. So that sounds a bit like karma. Yeah, okay. exactly. Um, but besides that, it was more of like genie karma mixed together in the sense like God helped me do well in my test scores, help me not get caught while I cheat in school or cheat on a test or steal money. Um, yeah, stuff like that. So besides this kind of first fact that you have, this first gospel fact, which is Jesus and not going to hell are connected. Yep. What was what were some of these first like uh, Christian ideas that you heard that were like, oh, that that's interesting, that's new. So like, what are what are some of the Christian doctrines you started hearing or, or things you started hearing that were kind of building you up to the gospel? Not much. Not to much. be frank, okay. or maybe there was a lot, but I don't remember that much. Mm-hmm. The only thing I remember was going into that meeting with that pastor was that that summer before that summer leading up to that. Um, so a couple months ago, we went to like a Mormon temple. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my only real like spiritual interaction was going walking through a Mormon temple type of thing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh yeah, that's totally not <laughs> what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. But besides that, I had n- really no recollect- recollection, nothing in regards to christian that i could think about so when you heard that would you consider that the beginning of when you became a christian or would was that just your introduction to christianity i think that was an introduction to christianity because it was until college so i had these all these not necessary excuses but the reasons why i didn't go to bible or like friday nights like youth ministry or sunday church because because my family right Mm -hmm. there's persecution i couldn't get there Um, they didn't want me to go because i had to work and so my middle school friend phil right God placed them. So we were doing orchestra together from seventh grade, eighth grade, all the way through high school. And he's smart. He, he could have been valedictorian if he really tried hard enough. Um, he, he got into UCLA. And um, I, so cheated, cheated on my SATs, cheated on my ACTs and still didn't help. Um, cheated throughout high school, stole money. I was like, man, in like the Asian culture, um, academics are, are very, there's a strong emphasis on that, right? So I was like, God's going to punish me by, nothing wrong, nothing wrong with this, but God's going to punish me by sending me to community college, mm-hmm. All right? And that's, that's just like the mentality I had because my two older sisters, two older sisters, they both went to Berkeley, right? And so that's like, oh, bar's pretty high. I didn't even know Berkeley. I wanted to go there, but this, that, and the other. So my weighted GPA was like three... I think it's three seven, three seven weighted GPA. I mean, like people who got into UCLA were like four, four point one, four point two, stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I remember the day, like all these like um, 
college applications were coming in, right? And I, I got into these schools. I got into UCI, UCR, UC San Diego, Santa Cruz, all these things. And then uh, the UCLA envelope came in and my dad felt it. And he's like, he called my mom. He's like, mom, he didn't get into UCLA. Right. And they had this conversation. I didn't know anything about it. He he would take a nap in the afternoons. So I came out, saw the mail. I was like, man, this is pretty thick for a rejection letter. I opened it. And I was like, I got into UCLA. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, was telling all, I was telling all my peers that, right? I was like, I got into UCLA. And they were like, oh, great. Good good job. Because they know. They obviously know like I'm like, copying people's homework or I'm cheating. Like, Oh, so th- they had that whole background. So they were like... Like, didn't want to congratulate yeah, you. Exactly. Oh, I, I didn't realize that until afterwards. Yeah. Cause like, I'm sure they wanted to go to UCLA, but they could, they didn't get accepted and stuff like uh, that. Yeah. And, um, but it was all, all that to say, it's all a work of God. Cause Phil got into UCLA. I got into UCLA and I no longer had any more excuses. Mm. Like there's Bible study, there's church on Sundays. There's, you're not going back to work. It's in LA. This is Orange County. And, um, that first, first half of the year definitely was just like, living it up, living up in the college life. And he was like, dude, aren't you calling yourself a Christian? Shouldn't you be reading the Bible? Shouldn't you be going to church? And I was like, hmm. yeah, well, why don't I give this a shot? So I came back winter break. I was like, God, I'm going to give this a shot. At least I said I did it. And <laughs> afterwards, whatever that comes from it, comes from it. And so, um, yeah, just really seeing like other people who, believed what they talked about they were praying they were reading they were evangelizing they're going to church and they're not doing it because their parents forced them to because they wanted to they wanted to learn more about god they wanted to deepen their relationship with god and so i think see not only seeing and witnessing that but also like participating in it like participating in bible study um participating in just different activities and events and ministries um really convicted me of yeah how in high school that was just it's just Jesus got a hell card. I was just, mm-hmm. it was not, I don't think there was any type of salvation tied to that. It was more of just introduction. And then it was until like, I really saw my sin and confessed that to the Lord of like all these things, past, current and future, knowing that Jesus loves me dis- despite that. Hmm. Um, do you remember the first time in that period where you heard the gospel? Or do you think the pieces just kind of came together as you were spending time with these Christians in UCLA? I think it was the latter. Okay. I think it was the latter. So it was just coming together. What what did you what were some of the biggest changes that happened into your life when you when those pieces came together and you had the gospel, what are some of the immediate changes that you think happened in your life? Man, God was good, you know. Um I would say pornography definitely uh became zero. Or very few. Hmm. There's temptation, definitely, but it was not like I was seeking after it. It was like through the Holy Spirit, He was putting, um, He was allowing me to stop pursuing that hmm. lustfully, or just pursuing that actively, um, or just being even sensitive to those type of things. Hmm. I remember uh, we like our family likes watching movies, and so, uh, it, so it, this was the night. So here's the, here's the part. So I took a course called evangelism training in college. And so it basically gives you an outline on knowing how to share the gospel with friends, families, and neighbors and strangers. So one of the nights, my older sister, Christina, she wasn't in Hong Kong at the time, came. I presented to her. We were eating at the restaurant, right? And it was just, it was flowing. It was, it was nice. She was asking questions. It was not combative. It was not, 
adversarial or anything like that. And I realized like that night she had like a couple drinks and so she probably was a couple like pretty tipsy or like just like just numb to stuff. So she wasn't as combative, right? So I was like, dude, this is amazing. This is great. She's like relatively receptive to it. Next couple of days, we're going to go watch a movie with my family. But I was like, I see an opportunity to talk to my second older sister. So I was like, I'm just going to do the same playbook. And my second older sister, Rosie, she's just like flips out. It's like, you're calling me evil? You're comparing me to Mussolini and, and Hitler? And you're like, how, like, what are you talking about? And like, she, she cried. She's like a grown woman, right? She cried. And like, my parents are like, what's going on? <laughs> like, why'd you make your sister cry? Right? And mm. stuff like that. So I was just like, oh. Uh. <laughs> I was not expecting that type of response or experience. So here's, my, here's the point. So there's just that the desire to want to share God's word. Hmm. Even at that movie theater, right? I think it was like Ocean's 12. Was, yeah, like Jurassic Park type of time, right? Like very old. Uh, it was like black and white. Um, <laughs> there was a me, s- me as the defender of movies. Right? I'll just say Ocean's 12 is not <laughs> black and white. <laughs> no sound, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's a scene where it was just like controversial in regards to like... Um, like whether it be nudity or something like that. And I closed my eyes during that scene and my brother saw and he's just like, oh, hey, it's over now. You can like open your eyes. Mm. So like mm. things like that, like um, that were, yeah, just God put in my heart in regards to start practicing those things and being able to see other people uh, live that way as well mm. um, and then be able to be encouraged in that type of group and setting. Mm. And so, I, yeah, I, I I would say that and just other practices, you know, just reading my Bible, finish my Bible in a year, I think my junior year and um, yeah, participate in different ways. Hmm. Yeah. So I got two more questions for you. So the first one is what is something that you have learned in your life that you wish you knew when you were these guys age besides the gospel? Or even if it's gospel, specifically gospel related. It's, I think it's interesting because like coming from my shoes, like growing up not in the Christian family, Christian setting, like knowing a lot of you, your parents or um, believers or come to church frequently or want you to come. It's just like, wow, that's amazing. Like those, um, that path and that road is already relatively clear for you. Whereas mine was just like, this black asphalt, just drive the way you want to drive and do what you want to do. And um, just like, there's so many things, like in the sense of like being able to have that type of relationship with your parents and being able to bounce ideas off. It's like, hey, this is what I'm going through. Can you help like counsel, minister, shepherd me through this? Or just even having an opportunity of like a group, like a men here, or just um, the brothers and sisters are here or whoever is participating, being able to like, hey, I'm going through this right now. Let's, can we talk through this? Instead of like having to deal it with, deal deal with the situation myself, mm. right? Whether it be relationships, whether it be grades, whether it be relationships and girls or uh, girls and relationships and um, things like that. Yeah, so like those, there's opportunities where you're able to like just work through those type of things in the setting where I would love to have that growing up, you know? And so seeing the benefits of that now, even as adults, um, yeah. Or And then I think the other thing too was like, Maybe it was the college setting, but I felt like I was so um, 
puffed up and prepared. I remember my first year going to Cornerstone, they were saying that they were looking to uh, nominate more elders. And I was like, yeah, you can nominate me. <laughs> I, I do this Bible study on you know? campus. I can do um, evangelism training. I like have all these di- different things like that. And it's just like, dude, I'm so not there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm so not arrived. I'm, I'm not here arrived. Superman, this, that, and the other. And excuse me. Um, yeah, it's like becoming a Christian is a sanctification process. So even like I was saying when I became saved, it's like um, pornography or sin and lust was a little less. But doesn't mean that's like okay as an adult now. That's still the same. It's like there's still struggles <laughs> as a as a dad, as a husband, uh, all these different things like that. It's just like man, like this. No matter when you became saved, the dependence on God, the love of Jesus is still primary and necessary. Hmm. And um, being reminded of that, even now at this point, um, super helpful. Yeah, that's good. All right, last question for you. It's a bit of a two-parter, but I feel like it'll kind of naturally bleed to the other. What is the gospel, and what is one reason why you love it? Uh, The gospel is the good good news of Jesus Christ. There's a good news because there's bad news because we all deserve hell because of our sin. We've sinned and fallen short of God's glory, Romans 3.23. And there's nothing that we can do as human beings, as people um, that can make up that difference, make up our consequences of sin. Like like being a a thief, being a cheater, like you can pay for the consequences of going to jail, but you're still a thief. You're still a cheater in these ways. Um, but God, but God provides an alternative, but God provides a way out in the sense that he's able to wipe away those sins and bring you into his fold, bring you into his family, bring you into this relationship with him. And I was like, wow, God would do that for a guy like me, right? Stole money, cheated, lustful thoughts, all these different things like that. And it's at, at the price of his own beloved son. Jesus, who lived that perfect life, who is the one who shouldn't deserve death, who des- shouldn't deserve crucifixion. Yet at the same time, he took the suffering and the cross upon himself so that we, so that w- we can have salvation, so that we can believe, so that we can have faith and um, be saved and have that relationship with God um, by faith. And so um, for me, it was just like, man, I know how stupid I am. Like, I know how wicked I am. I know how, like, like, unlovable I can be. And yet God of the universe who created everything and everyone would set aside his son and provide um, that grace and mercy upon me. Like, I just even, I was thinking about this. I was like, dude, so there's a family of seven in our family. Why God choose me? Could have chose my sister, could have chose my parents, could have chose my younger brother, mm. right? Like if like anything would happen today, they would go to hell. Mm. And yet he chose me. It's like, like why? And um, it's not necessarily thinking about necessarily like why me. It's more of like, wow, I have this opportunity. And what can I do that? What can I use with, use that opportunity, use the salvation that I have, use the knowledge that I have of God's glory and God's kingdom and that eternity awaits 
um, and how can I uh, use that to spread that and, and use that for God's glory? And so, mm. um, so that that to me, like, yeah, just rocks my world in the sense of just like some worship songs, like you just hit the point in the head, and it's just like, yeah, I'm wretched, I'm a sinner. Mm through and through and yet god still shows his love and grace and mercy to me um despite that and so yeah so yeah i, I would say um that's why i'm so enamored with it man that's so good well guys will shared you know some of the highlights of his life and testimony there's a lot more to it so if you guys have follow-ups make sure to ask him um and we'll probably do some more of these as time goes on we want um, to have Josh share his testimony too. Uh, I'm sure I'll probably come around at some point and share mine as well. Um, but um, we just want to uh, kind of pray before we do this and spend some more time together before tonight. But if you guys have questions about, um, you know, if you have questions about Will's testimony, ask him. And um, even if you've heard that you relate to his um, experience or anything like that and are looking for um, how God is the solution to our problems, then uh, he'll, he'll definitely be able to help you with that. And if you have any questions um, about the gospel or just life, obviously those of you guys who know us, um, you can talk to us. And if you don't know us, still talk to us because we want to talk to you. Um, so we're just going to pray um, and then we're going to keep spending some time together. Let's pray. Uh, Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for Will. Thank you for um, the way that you just brought him to um, to our crew, to this youth ministry, and the way that you use him as a leader. Thank you especially for his testimony and just the way that you have directed his life. Um, you have put him in his family. You have put him in his college. Um, and you lined up everything perfectly that, um, that you would um, transform him by the power of your gospel and you would re uh, provide this wonderful family to him. Um, and you would just um, just do everything, Lord, that, it, that has happened for him and reveal the truth of your son. We just want to rest um, in that gospel, Lord, as, as Will has explained it, just um, the truth um, that it is only in your son Christ are we made right with you, and um, we're not just saved from hell. We're entering into this perfect relationship with you because of what you have done for us through the death, uh, burial, and resurrection of your son Christ. Um, he uh, died for our sins, but he is alive, and he is at your right hand, um, and he is um, the mediator between us and you. Um, and it is not to just placate your wrath, Lord. It is because he was sent by you. Um, you love us, and you sent your son to die for us, and you provided your Holy Spirit that we might um, be able to even recognize our own sin and wretchedness and turn to the glorious sight of your son Christ. And so we thank you for that. We just pray that we would all rest in that, that um, for those of us who are uh, trepidatious when it comes to the gospel and your word, for those of us who um, do not um, have a recognition of our sin, for those of us who um, are worried that you could really love us, Lord, um, despite all of our sin, um, just reveal uh, the truth of that um, to our hearts that we might be able to worship you appropriately. For any of these students who are struggling with assurance or acceptance of the gospel, Lord, just um, open their eyes to the truth of your glory and your glory being the most important thing in the whole world um, and that you have invited us into a relationship that we might uh, see your glory and enjoy fellowship with you and worshiping you forever. Um, so Lord, thank you for this time that we might be able to enjoy it, um, but we also may be able to use it um, to glorify you in conversation and kindness and compassion to one another and uh, most importantly in reflecting on the great truths you've provided in your um, in your word. And we pray for all these things, Lord, and we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Will.
Pizza talk. Pizza talk. Season, oh, we need season like a, one. We need like episode an outro. One. We need an outro song. Episode one. Pizza talk. Sometimes we chew pizza into the mics. Exit out. Is two claps. Exit out. Two claps.